Thank you for joining us for today's message. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is using Adventure Church to speak into your life. If you would like to support Adventure Church financially, you can do so online and help us bring messages just like this one to you each and every week. Now let's prepare our hearts to hear a word from God. Ladies and gentlemen, Adventure Church Records presents my Christmas playlist with Justin Quisenbeam with such standards as Joy to the World. Oh, come now to the world, joy to the world. The Lord is here coming. Let earth receive her King. Get this so high. Let every heart prepare. You've got to prepare the room. Prepare every single room. Let heaven in heaven and nature. Heaven and nature, oh, heaven and nature, you know, you gotta sing, you gotta sing. You ready for the choir? Here we go. Oh, let's go. Christmas, everybody. What's up, Adventure Church? I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving full of family, food, football, and just had a great time uh, off and hanging out. Obviously, I'm not there in person today, but I just wanted to take a second to introduce our speaker today who really needs no introduction. Pastor Ryan has been with us now since March and has just done an amazing job with our student ministries. And today I'm so pumped that he's coming and kicking off this brand new series, Christmas Playlist, where we're going to be looking at your favorite songs over the next few weeks and finding out that maybe they have a little bit more to say than you originally thought. And so church, I can't wait to see you next week. I'll be back. But for now, can we give a big Adventure Church family welcome to our very own Pastor Ryan. Let's give it up for him. Well, good morning, Adventure Church. How you guys feeling? You guys feeling good? I'm sure most of you know by now that the Ohio State Buckeyes beat Michigan. I choose not to look at you because I'm not having a great morning. So I decided to wear my blue in the spirit of Christmas. Did you know, did you know that uh, inside of you, your blood actually is blue? So technically, you're all Michigan fans. Okay, moving on. So guys, if you haven't uh, noticed uh, the crisp in the air, the months changing, we are coming up on what I believe is the most wonderful time of the year, right? It's not just a song to me. I really, really love Christmas. In fact, I want to do, do something real quick. I need people to be honest with me in church. Don't lie, okay? How many of us, come on, put your hands up, have, have listened to Christmas music kind of all year round? Is, is there any, anyone else? Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, how about this one? 
Who put their Christmas tree up before Thanksgiving was over? Hello. Okay, there you go. Just a couple. Okay, well, that's all right. Just a, a couple of us are really happy people. Um, <laughs> but we are in the midst, or at the beginning, rather, of a brand new series entitled Christmas Playlist, where we're going to take a big look at some of our favorite Christmas songs and kind of see what they're saying to us. And I'm really excited about this, and I'm, I'm so thankful that Kyle asked me to open this series because he knows how much I love Christmas. I mean, I am the guy who has on the Christmas sweater. I dance like Carlton. I love it all. It all makes me happy. It's so exciting, and it, it's just really, really, really a fun time. And so we're going to take a look at some songs and some scriptures, but before we do that, I want to pray for us. Can we do that real quick? Jesus, I thank you so much this, for this time that we have together, God. Uh, slow my tongue down. I'm so excited. I love talking about Christmas. It makes me happy. But God, I know you want to do something special in this place. So Holy Spirit, invade our space, God. Take anything out that doesn't need to be here, God, and do something amazing. In your son's precious name we pray. Amen. 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 So Guys, I want us to take a look at one scripture really quickly, real quick, and this scripture is going to seem like it doesn't make a lot of sense what we're going to talk about today, but I promise you, if you stick with me and don't fall asleep or go to the bathroom and get coffee and then sit out in the lobby and chat with your friend that you ain't seen since two weeks ago. Anyway, okay, so John 10, can we pull that up? Here's what John 10, 10 says. It says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. The thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But here's what Jesus says. He says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Some translations say that you may have life and life more abundantly. Now, let me explain this scripture real quick before we move on. Here's what Jesus is saying. He's talking to people who are around him, and he's saying, listen, I want to let you know the devil's intentions here, okay? If you meet him in a dark alley... Nine chances out of ten, he's not inviting you to a Christmas brunch, okay? He doesn't want to take you square dancing. He's not really interested in going grocery shopping with you. Uh, he comes to steal your joy. He comes to kill your dreams, and he wants to destroy your destiny. Those don't sound like very good things. Can you say, uh-huh, uh-huh, okay, good. So those don't sound like good things, but here's what Jesus says. He said, but it's cool, though, like, it's all good because I come that you may have life and life to the fullest. Now, I want to read us some more scriptures here, and we're going to check this one out. It's found in Romans 12 and 2, and I want you to take, I want you to take John 10, 10, and I just want you to take it over here, and I want you to just store it. We're going to use that later. But I want to look at Romans 12, 12. Here's what it says. It says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. The word joyful comes to mind. So here's what Paul is saying. By the way, Paul spent most of his career in jail. So can you imagine writing very nice, warm, loving things in jail? I can't. Okay, so here's Paul. He's writing beautiful things, and he says, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. So Paul is telling us, listen, even though you're going through stuff, even though you're going through the worst things, still have joy. Even in the pain... Even in the affliction, and, and Paul knows about affliction. He's in jail, so he can kind of talk about it. Don't you hate people who talk about stuff they don't know nothing about? Like people who, like, try to tell you how to raise your kids. You're like, you ain't got nothing yet. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> anyway, yes, I know Journey is tearing up the walls. I don't care. I haven't slept in four days. Anyway, 
Here's what Psalms 94 says, 19. It says, when anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me. There's that word again. Say it with me. Joy. Look, it says, when I was anxious, when I was having a panic attack, God, you consoled me and you gave me joy. Watch this. Here's what Psalm 16, says. It says, you make, me, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with, there's that word again, joy in the presence with the internal pleasures of your right hand. So here's, here's what he said. He said, listen, life is crazy. I know things bad that, that are happening in my life. There's something bad happening to my friends. It's crazy. Life is going crazy. But you know my path. You know my life. You created it. You're in charge. You're in control. And because of that, you will fill me with your presence, and I will have joy because of it. Watch this. Here's the last verse. It's found in Peter. Peter's talking to us. First Peter 1, 8 through 9 says this. Though you have not seen him, that's you, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him. And you are filled with inexpressible and glorious tears. That word again, joy, for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your soul. So listen, he says, I know you're going through crazy things. I know you can't see Jesus right now. You have no idea where he is. You've never seen his face. You've never shook his hand. You've never had a personal conversation. And even in that, you should be thankful because you receive the gift of eternal life, and you should find joy. What's the common theme here that we're seeing, guys? Joy, right? And so the word, we're, the psalm we're going to talk about today, the one we're going to unpack, is joy to the world. I want to look at the writer of this song. His name was Isaac Watts. Isaac Watts. I have no idea who Isaac Watts is. He might look someone like me. I don't know. He might look like you. But Isaac Watts wrote this song in 1719. Can I just say something real quick? If you write a song in 1719 and people still singing it in 2018, you did something right. Okay, so (laughs) Isaac Watts is the man right now, right? Isaac Watts based this song off Psalm 98, Psalm 96, and Genesis 3, 17 through 18, right? So he wrote this song, and I want us to read the, what am I saying, read? How about we sing it? Do you guys got your singing voices on this morning? Okay, let's just sing just a couple lines from Joy to the World, ready? First service did it, and they were incredible, and they told me personally that they were better than you. Okay, so here's, that's what they said, okay? So here's what they said, right? Ready? Let's sing it. One, two, three. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Why is everybody trying to sing deep? Let her receive her king. You know you didn't hit puberty yet. Let's go. Let every heart prepare him room. Beautiful. Nature. Ooh, there it was. (laughs) That's the one I was waiting for. So, yeah, none of us can hit that note. It's okay, right? That's what makes Isaac so great. I love Isaac. I call him Ike, okay? But my man Ike, right, he wrote this beautiful song. And these are the words to it. It says, joy to the world, the Lord has come. Well, before we move any further, I want to talk about joy. What is joy? What exactly is joy? Uh, When someone says, and it's not a word that we use all the time. Like, you know, somebody says, how are you today? You're like, joy. I have joy today. You know, no one uses that word. It's not like a word that we put in our everyday vocabulary. But if we had to, and if we could take a look in the dictionary, here's what it says. <clears throat> joy is the feeling of great pleasure and happiness. Great pleasure 
and happiness. So think about some things that bring you great pleasure and happiness. Cheeseburgers. Starbucks coffee. Ohio State beat Michigan. <laughs> I feel, yeah, okay. All right. That's enough. But we find pleasure in so many things. We find great joy in so many things. And I think that's how the dictionary would define it. Here's how I think the Bible would define it, though. Happiness over something that is unanticipated or present good. So you're not really anticipating anything. You know, we get happy when we think that Ohio State is going to win or whatever they do. Cheaters. <clears throat> Shots fired. <laughs> Whatever it is, we find that joy knowing. We say, hey, they're going to do this, and we are so pumped about it. We are so thrilled about it. We're going to tailgate. We're going to do all kinds of crazy things. We're not going to go out. We're not going to do it. We're going to watch the game. We're going to have fun, right? I don't know why you guys would be that serious about it, but that's Ohio State for you. So <clears throat> I'm just teasing. I'm teasing, guys. I know you guys are so mad about it. <clears throat> but here's the deal. That's something that we anticipate, but I believe the Bible is saying here something that we don't anticipate. Like, there's nothing happening around us. Like, we don't know that we're going to get a big check in the mail for a billion dollars. Like, no one's coming and giving us a brand new car, and yet we still have joy. We're still happy. We're not upset. We don't have to have things happening to us or happening around us to have true joy. And I think that's how the Bible would interpret our joy. <clears throat> because joy, real joy, should not be based on what's happening in our external. There's so many situations in life that can cause us to be angry. And I know the holidays for me is a happy time, but for everybody it's not. You know, maybe something bad happened to you on the holidays. Maybe, you know, something awful has occurred and you just hate the holidays and you're really upset about it. And I get that. But our joy is not found in the situations. Our joy should be found within. In fact, I'll say it like this. Our joy should not be predicated on external situations. Our joy should be predicated on an internal situation. Here's the internal situation that took place. Jesus died for me. See, that's the issue. We shouldn't be that regular about a statement like that. That shouldn't be so casual where I can say, Jesus paid the ultimate price, and we give a Tiger Woods golf clap. <laughs> Jesus paid the ultimate price for you so that you can have eternal life. That's exciting news. That's how we should feel. We should be excited. Our joy should be from within. It shouldn't be predicated on what's happening around us. It should be predicated on what's happening within us. The song says, joy to the world. To the world. It doesn't say joy in the world. It says joy to the world. Literally meaning this, guys. Joy came to the world. There wasn't any joy. You're not going to find joy in the things that you have, right? You'll find a little bit of happiness. I can find happiness with a new house. Trust me. I can find happiness with a brand new car. You'd be crazy not to, right? I can find happiness. My wife, 
who I love very much. I do. <laughs> she comes and she says, hey, baby, you're the sexiest chocolate man I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and because of that, I'm going to make you a New York strip steak. <clears throat> and not only am I going to make you a New York strip steak, I'm going to give you a big potato. I'm going to give you a key lime pie and a large sweet tea to drink because I love you. That's happened once. <clears throat> right? That's a happy moment for me. Here's a non-happy moment when I have to work late. I get home. My wife's like, hey, honey, uh, Journey pooped. Paxton pooped. I'm pooped. And I didn't get to make you dinner tonight. Because I didn't make you any dinner, you remember those leftovers from Sunday? That's what we're having for dinner. Yay. I'm not really excited in that moment. It's not a lot of joy for leftovers, right? But I'm not basing my mood or I'm basing my attitude on what's happening external around me. That's not what I'm doing here. I still can find joy in those moments. Why? Because my happiness is not connected to what's happening around me. My happiness is connected to what's happening inside of me. Jesus is happening inside of me. Jesus is not just happening inside of me, though. He's happening in each and every one of us. And it's our job to remember that. But we get so focused on the external. <clears throat> this isn't going my way. This isn't happening. This stinks. This isn't good. I'm upset about it. Uh, life. Ohio State. No defense. All those things. But we need to realize that joy is based on what's happening in you. And happiness is based on what's happening around you. We don't need to confuse the two. Joy and happiness are very different. Yes, we can feel happiness. We can feel happy. But how many know that feelings come and go? Yeah? Feelings Come and go. One day I feel great. The next moment I feel terrible. One moment I feel like I'm on top of the world. The next moment I feel like I'm underneath it. One day I'm feeling like I can do so many amazing things, and then the next I'm questioning whether I should even be in ministry. It's real stuff. <clears throat> you question. You don't feel good. Feelings come and go right? But joy is eternal. Not just internal, it's eternal. Joy is something that Jesus bought. In fact, I'll say it like this. Joy is a byproduct of who Jesus is. It's a byproduct of who he is. Notice, the words say joy to the world. He came to the world. Who is the joy? Our issue is that we need to stop looking at joy as a word and start looking at joy as a person. His name is Jesus. Joy came to the world. He came to your situation. Doesn't matter what you're going through. Doesn't matter what you've been through. Doesn't matter what's happening. Jesus 
is in the details. And our job is to remember to have joy, not happiness. But so many times, folks, we forget. We don't find our happiness. We don't find our joy. What's going on around us? We find our joy in what's happening within us. Jesus did something incredible for 2,000 years ago. Gave his life for you. He died. He paid the ultimate price. Made the ultimate sacrifice. He came here with you in mind. Think about all the things that you've done in life. Think about all the mistakes you've made. Jesus saw all of those. And in spite of you, he decided to give his life. Because he loves you. He wants you to have the best. You don't have to do life alone. And I think that's the problem. Like, a lot of us, were so independent, right? We don't want to say that we need anybody. I don't need it. I'm good. I got this. I'm one of those people. I don't like to ask for help. I like to keep going. And I like to do it myself. I like to figure it out. I don't want to ask for help, right? But Jesus says, I'm the helper that you need when you don't got it. And how many of us have been through something that we don't got? I don't got this, God. I don't got the answers. I don't got the healing. I don't got the money. I don't have this. I don't have the wit. I don't have the nimbleness of mind. I can't figure this thing out. God, help me. When he comes into your situation, when he comes down, joy is available. It's a byproduct of who he is. The Bible says, if he be for us, then who could be against us? The world will come against you in so many different ways. But if Jesus is for you, it doesn't matter what comes against you. That's where the joy is. The joy is understanding that we're not in this thing alone. We're in this thing together with Jesus. Jesus has our back. Anybody ever been in a fight before? Don't lie. Someone's like, gee, that's my BC days. Don't bring that up. I got complex. (laughs) Don't bring it up. I just got saved yesterday, right? Been in a fight before. If you pick a fight with somebody bigger than you, right, let me tell you something. You can give all the cute cliches you want. Bigger bigger they are, the harder they fall. That's not true. The bigger they are, the harder they hit. That stinks. Here's the thing, though. The world might be big. There's a lot of stuff coming against you, but how many know that we serve a big God? It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what you're up against. You're not up against it alone. You're up against it with Jesus. Jesus has your back, and it's our job to realize that. That's what we find joy in. We find joy even in the hard stuff, uh, even in the rough times. Uh, Talking about a rough time, my wife, uh, we just had our second child a little bit ago. Paxton is now almost three months We love him dearly. Rough time, though. Before he was born, um, my wife had some complications uh, with her pregnancy. Uh, She had this extreme pain in her back, and later on we found out that there was something wrong with her kidneys. And, you know, they were saying that our baby was too small and he wasn't growing. And in that moment, it is so easy to shake your fist at God, say, how could you? Be upset and try to find your feelings in the external situation. But here's the deal. I know that I serve a God who is a healer. And because he's a healer, 
I know that he's with me. And because he's with me, he's with my wife. And because he's with my wife, he's with my son. Long story short, my boy was born on time. My wife is healed. There's nothing wrong with her. She's great because Jesus has our back. Amen. And let me tell you something. He doesn't just have my back. He has your back. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. The Lord has truly come. Let earth receive her king. Let earth receive her king. We have to receive the king in our lives and not make other things the king in our lives. It's probably the issue why we don't have real joy. We've made other things the king of our lives. You know, when someone's the king of something, he's not just the king over a couple things. You know, he's not like, hey, my name's Ryan. I'm the king of the poinsettias, the speaker, and this beautiful bottle of water. No, when I'm the king, I'm the king over it all. Pause. How many of us have not let Jesus be the king over everything? We're so focused. Yeah, Jesus, you're the king of my life. Is he really? Or is he just the king over a couple things that you're comfortable with? I'm just comfortable letting you be king over this, but not, I, mm, you can't, that's mine. That belongs to me. That unforgiveness for that family member, uh, you can't be king over that. I still need to hold on to that. Uh, that uh, yeah, you could be king, you could be king over my kids, but <clears throat> you can't be king over my marriage. I, I, I got that. that you, you could be king you can be king over my tithe, but you can't be king over my finances. There's a difference. You don't get, and we find, we place other things in our lives as the king, and that's why we don't have joy. Other things in our lives are the king. You, they run our life. They run these things. That's not where joy comes from. Remember, joy is a byproduct of Jesus. If you want to have true joy, you got to get them in here. The band's going to come up. And as they come up, I want to talk about your misplaced joy. See, we find joy in other things, find happiness in other things, whatever that looks like. Sometimes we have misplaced joy. You know, today is my birthday. Thanks. You're allowed to clap for that. There's no rule against it. Um, <laughs> today's my birthday. I'm 31 years young. And when you have a birthday, you get older. I don't know if you knew that or not. <laughs> and because you get older, um, you get wiser. In fact, I can prove it to you that I'm wiser. I got two gray hairs in my beard, right? I'm practically a senior citizen. I should be getting, in fact, I'm going to Denny's today to get my free meal, right? <clears throat> right? But one of the things that I noticed about myself, because uh, the Bible says take inventory. So every year I try to take inventory of me, right? You should do that readily all the time. I take inventory of myself. And I find things that I love. And then sometimes I find things that I don't love, Right? And one of the things that I don't love is that I lose things all the time. Anybody else? 
just make me feel good. Raise your hand anyway. I thought this was a safe space. <laughs> right? I lose things. One of the things that I lose all the time that drives me crazy is my debit card. Anybody else lose it? Let me tell you something. When you lose your debit card, it is scary. I feel like my whole life's on that thing, right? I need that. And so when I lose my debit card, I go nuts. Like for real. I'm tearing the house up looking for my debit card. Like I'm ripping the couches open. I'm dumping out Fruit Loops, looking inside of the box. I'm checking in the toilet, the kids' diapers. Doesn't make a difference. I can't find it. When I can't find it, you know what I do? What most people do. I say, someone must have stole my credit card. And so, men, I don't know if you knew this, but it's not only your job to take introspective looks at your life, but it's also your wife's job. She's there to tell you all the things you do wrong too. It's part of the job description. And so my wife tells me that when I'm looking for stuff and I'm going nuts and I can't find it, she says, not only are you tearing the house up, she says, but you talk to yourself. So can you imagine a 31-year-old man looking for his debit card in his house, tearing it up, talking to himself like, I can't believe somebody didn't have the nerve to come up in my house and steal my debit card. I work too hard for my money because the ghetto side of me come out when I can't find nothing. So I can't believe they got the nerve to come up in here and try to steal my stuff. I work hard for my money, but when I find out who stole my stuff, they got another thing coming. Then my wife looks at me and says, what are you doing? You're tearing the house up. I stole your debit card. Fool, you left it in your pants when you went to Kroger this morning. Me. Oh. Right? <coughs> and I think to myself about John 10, where it says the enemy comes to steal. I want to hyper-focus on the word steal. Pause. How many of us are blaming the enemy for stealing our joy when actually we just misplaced it? You just misplaced your joy. Could it be that you lost your joy? Not that someone stole it, because it's so easy, right? The devil stole my, he stole my joy. He's been stealing my joy. He's taking my stuff. Maybe you just misplaced it. Maybe you placed it in the wrong things. Maybe you placed your hope in the wrong things. Maybe you placed the king of your heart, not Jesus. You placed something else there. Maybe there's something else that needs to be on the throne of your heart. Maybe that's the reason you don't have joy, because you're finding happiness in external situations. But friends, I got news. Here's a great idea. Maybe. Your joy is not connected to what's happening around you. It's what's happening in you. Salvation has happened within you. 
Therefore, joy can be present within you. So when you lose things, when you can't figure it out, when you don't have the answers, I count it all joy because I know that God is with me. I know I'm getting loud. It's because I'm excited. It's Christmas, right? What a wonderful time of year. I'm excited because joy came to the world. I don't have to be upset. I don't have to be sad. I don't have to have anxiety. I don't have to be depressed. Because I got somebody fighting for me. That's the thing. You've been fighting for yourself too long. Don't got to fight for you. He already did it. And he won. That's the good news. That's why I'm able to wake up with joy even though my feet hurt and my back hurt and I ain't slept in four days. It doesn't make a difference because what's happening around me is not bigger than what's happening within me. If three people clap, everyone has to clap. It's a rule. So I want you to stand to your feet this morning. We're going to take a look at that song again. We're going to sing it. But we're going to sing it with fresh eyes, right? You know, it's easy to say, joy to the world, the Lord has come. So easy to sing that. But I really want us to pay attention to what we're singing. Joy to the world. Who is joy? Jesus is our joy. He's our joy. He's our joy. He's our perfect peace. He's the thing that keeps us afloat, not the things around us. Jesus is our joy. He's the one that we hold on to. When we sing this song, I want us to think about what it actually means. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. It's the final part I want to cover. Let every heart prepare him room. Why would you need to prepare room in your heart? Well, because your heart is actually a throne. Prepare your heart means get rid of anything that doesn't belong there. You know, it's really hard to sit on something when there's clutter on it. Jesus would love to sit on the throne of your heart, but he can't because there's too many things on it. Your job Clear it out. Make room. Every heart. Prepare him room. Let Jesus sit on the throne of your heart. Let him be the king of everything. Because once he's the king of everything, you have nothing to worry about. Nothing. Because he's in control. Can I pray for us? Jesus, I thank you so much that you're the king of our lives. That you didn't just come down here nothing. You came down here with gifts, God. You came down with joy. It's a byproduct of who you are. I'm so thankful that we don't have to walk through this thing called life alone, but we can walk through life with you, knowing and anticipating that you've got our back. God, as we sing the words to this song, let us remember exactly what you did and where we should find our joy. It's in your son's precious name we pray.